Hello, welcome to another episode of the Cool Tools Show and Tell. Our special guest this week is Natalie Buddha-Smith. Natalie, would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Sure thing. As you mentioned, I'm Natalie Buddha-Smith. I'm coming to you. I'm recording in, in the Washington, D.C. area. And um, I am a lifelong designer, um, been designing most of my life, and I'm currently now working at the Library of Congress, and I am looking forward to sharing some tools with you. Well, I look forward to hearing it. I have a deep love for library. It was my very first job ever. I worked as a page in our public library. Wow. wow. That's amazing. And, um, yeah, so so I have a, a, a really um, deep-seated love of libraries. My first assistance, I got my assistance uh, first two from the library world. They were library majors. So mm-hmm. I am looking forward to this conversation. So, um, Nellie, tell us about your one of your favorite tools, your first on the list. Right. Um, so I'm going to start with one of my favorite tools, and um, I'm going to share it here. Um, for video, but I'll talk through it um, for those that are listening. One of my favorite tools is the newspaper navigator. And this can be newspaper navigator. Okay. Yes. And this can be found at news-navigator.labs.lock.gov. And what it is, is uh, it is a way to search for images from historical newspapers And so machine learning um, was used in order to train a model and then build a search engine on top of that. But what you can actually do is use simple keyword searches to look for images that are in newspapers that uh, we collect at the library. It's the range from 1770 to 1963, and they're American uh, newspapers. There's over 21 million pages in there. So it's a really wonderful tool, especially all of this is in the public domain now. Mm. So that let's say that you wanted to to create a piece of art or or create a a work and you want historical images in there from a specific time period. It's a great resource. For example, we were looking at um, CAT recently and so the images of cats in the 20s are so interesting as compared to cats today. So it's just a really great resource for both doing research, but also uh, for creators, because you can actually find some really interesting historical images that you can use in works. Well, are these uh, images not findable if you were just to Google them? Or is it just that they are more easily found? They these this actually um, takes the image out of context of the page, but also you can see it within page if you need to. So, for example, if you go to uh, Chronicling America, which is uh, our collection of historical newspapers, and you search there, you would get the whole page, and you wouldn't necessarily get the image because the machine learning was used in order to categorize images and then tag them. So, for example, machine learning was used in order to find all images of cat and then tag it with that word cat so that it's easier to find. So you might find it using other resources, 
on historical newspapers, but it would be because it's in a caption or it's about a story of a cat. So what this allows you to do is define images a lot easier because machine learning has decided what the topics are. So those topics really help you winnow in and um, and find images. And, and again, it's primarily slanted towards finding images rather than text. Yes, Newspaper nav Navigator is for images. And then we have Chronicling America, which is another application or uh, tool that's on lsc.gov. If you're looking for text, especially a lot of people doing geology work, if you're looking up like your, where your town, maybe your family was from, you can actually search text there really easily. Um, but this one focuses specifically on images because those can be a bit harder to find when it comes to a keyword search. Right. And um, to your to your knowledge, what percent of the old U.S. Um, newspapers would be included, would have been digitized in, into this um, library? Was it like maybe only 5%? Is it 25%? Is it most of them? What's your guess? Right. Uh, I, I would have to guess there, um, mainly because I know we have over 21 million pages in the collection. Again, we, we have newspapers that were very well known. We also have very eclectic newspapers. So some communities had local newspapers or some uh, communities like uh, that were formed around ethnic communities had newspapers and those are in there. So there are multiple languages as well. But I can't give you a, a solid number because I don't know what we don't know. <laughs> but we do have a lot. Uh, and most likely, uh, we have the largest collection of historical newspapers than you know anyone else. You mean... <laughs> physically as well as digitally? We do have a lot of the physical collections, um, but there was a certain point of time where newspaper, as you may remember, newspaper design and publishing shifted from a print-based model to a digital model. So with that, we also changed the way that we collect newspapers. So uh, today we get most of our newspapers via digital submission and not physical submission. Okay. So this is a great resource for maybe designers and other people who are interested in illustrative material. Um, and it sounds like whether or not those kind of images are, say, uh, uh, foundable or findable with an image Google search, they certainly sound like they'd be easier to find this way um, with the newspaper navigator. So, um, so Natalie, what's the second uh, tool that okay. you would like to share with us? The second tool is a tool called, and we bring that one up as well. It's called a Citizen DJ. And um, I really, really like this one. And this one is um, at the URL citizen-dj.labs.lock.gov. And I'm going to share this as well. And this one is a audio uh, program. And you're able to make your own music using um, free to use audio and video materials. So, so the page that you're showing is on page for citizen DJ. And I guess it maybe has a little bit of um, a sample to listen to at the very beginning. Um, otherwise there's not much else going on this page. Let's I can uh, scroll down here. Scroll down here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where you have uh, 
you I guess mostly what you're doing is getting access to copyright free or other kinds of sound clips at the Library of Congress. Is that primarily what it is? Yes. So they're free to use sound. So they um uh the rights um are free to use. Yeah. And so you could download these sounds and use them with your own mixer or you know for your own projects in any right. way that you like. But also we have a way for you to use an application in this tool to actually do some remixing if you'd like. And so okay. some people would just want to experiment and they don't have equipment at home. So you could do either one. Are you able to make a quick demo of that? So um, you start with, uh, we pick a collection here and you can see we have a lot. So we have jazz, we have blues. Uh, we have uh, opera, which is kind of interesting. Um, we have lectures. Um, we have speeches. Okay. So, and we have, these are government films. This is one of my uh, favorite. So, so I'm you gonna, have just the audio track of some films. Yes. And so uh, I clicked on the remix button. Again, you can explore the sounds first. Sure. And then click the remix, or you can go and just download the sounds if you like. Right. So you and click so, the remix, and what we see on the page is um, a whole bunch of uh, kind of like an iconographic representation of different samples. Sample river. There's another one, a kick or a hi hat. These are percussion, and um, then you have different choices about muting it or just hearing it solo or downloading it. Okay, so these are pretty typical things. So what would be? Um, are you going to pick one and try and do something? Yeah, so uh, you can hear, you can you know pick a um, one of the items to sample. Right. Uh, then you can also pick if you want to have a drum pattern. So here's some '90s hip hop um, okay. beat patterns. Um, so you're doing a remix. You're taking that sample with a drum pattern and adding them together. Yes, and then I can continue to add more and more if I want. Okay. Um, and then you can um, let's see, and then you can change um, the BPM if you want. Right. And then let's uh let's four, from So uh and so you can just experiment from there. And if you like that, you can download that pattern. Okay, cool. Citizen DJ. So basically it's access to the Library of Congress public domain kind of sound clips that you can kind of play around with. Exactly. And uh, there's a lot here to explore. There's a, oops, this is going to take take a little while to load all these sounds, but there's another way to to actually explore them, the homepage that I showed you. But there's a lot of different, I'm trying to get back there, a lot of different interesting collections. So if you're looking for an eclectic sound, um, oh, you could definitely find it um, on this page. So this is a really great resource. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, and, and there are, while, I think, you know, it's maybe not hard to find visual libraries having these, um, what we might call legacies or historical sound uh, libraries is a really great thing that, that are not that common. So, um, well, great. Okay, so Citizen DJ. All right, thanks. Um, so, and both of those sites are free. They're tax dollar supported and um, working with public domain meaning you can remix and do whatever you want with them, which is really fabulous. With them. So, um, Natalie, what's a, what's a third tool for you? So the third one I have here is a more of the um, image set. And I'm going to show you this one. Um, I really, 
enjoy seeing these. A new set comes out every month. This is a free to use and reuse, and they're thematic collections and um, of, of images. So there's images. Like yeah. there would be, here's what I'm looking at. It. it says nurses and nursing. So there would be vintage historical images, maybe photographic, maybe illustrative around a theme. So you have different themes and you're not necessarily, the library is not necessarily adding any new materials. They're just kind of gathering together into sets, or portfolios or. Yes. Our, our collections are so large right now. I think we are about, we're over 24 million items online. Okay. So sometimes it can be, um, you know, when you start looking around, if you know what you want, you can usually find it, but sometimes people like to discover and so this is just another way to discover what's there. Um, one of my favorites um, is this is a, a really cute uh, birthday collection. Um, I really love there's a photographer and these animals were treated humanely. We, we did make sure we did the research on this, but he uh, he did uh, put animals in a human like situation. And so this is a great entry into that collection of many more images um, that he he had. Um, and you're showing an image of two kittens sitting at a table with a birthday cake and candles. Yes, yes. Just as little kids. Yes. And so yes. it's an adorable cat picture. Yes, and um, and so this was uh, the photographer was Harry Whittier Freeze, and he he has many many photographs that are just um like that and it's it's amazing so it, it kind of is an entryway into even more but there's some really unique takes here on birthdays and um so you, using that as an example of something a search term where you could say show me all the images related to birthdays or or they've done the gathering of this and they're showing you the set of birthdays exactly exactly um and they, there's everything from uh we have um a collection of Hispanic Heritage Month, all the way to dragons um, as well. So there, it's quite a range of different images. And again, these are all free to use. So if you have a project or you like dragons, you can take these, print them, uh, use them as a background. You can use them to to sketch from, or um, you know, maybe in, in in some other project, or use them as a prompt for writing. I and mean, there's so much you can do with these. And I'm a fan of dragons, so I, I like this collection as well. But there's quite a lot of uh, different types of dragons here. Um, they have a roadside dragon in North Carolina that's, you know, something that um, was taken uh, as a roadside attraction all the way to historical drawings of, of dragons. So there's quite yeah. a range of, of items in this collection. Yeah, it's again, it's is really ideal for someone who was a graphic designer, artist, or maybe even those who are working on school projects and you need some unusual images um, and different takes on the same idea, um, you can kind of get a sense of the many varieties of styles of trying to capture dragons. So yeah, so this is called, uh, what's the name of it again? This is the free to use and reuse um, set. So we have, there's several... Of the uh, Library of the Congress. Library of Congress, yes. So it's loc.gov backslash free to use um, is the, with, with hyphens, free hyphen, to hyphen use, yeah. Right. It's where you um, find her. 
So it's part of the Library of Congress collections. Yeah, and yeah. Way and, access it. Yeah. And another thing I like about it, because you've mentioned like in comparison to searching on Google, a lot of times when you search on Google, your your results are slanted towards your search history, yes. But a lot of times you see the same thing over and over again. So if you really are looking for something unique, in, no matter what you're doing, you can come to the library and try to find that unique thing that everyone is seeing when they search Google. Um, right. So that's another um, great thing about it. Okay. That's a great point. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So Nellie, um, what's your fourth cool tool? Okay. My fourth is more for, a, it's a research tool and it is uh, LibGuides. And a lot of libraries all over the country, local libraries, academic libraries, uh, state libraries ha have something called LibGuides. But I did want to... Um, LibGuides, L-I-B, a LibGuide? LibGuides, yes. L -I -B and, and what's 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 a LibGuide in general? Just just a generic, what does that mean, a LibGuide? Right. It's, it's really a, a reference guide. So it's an orientation to a topic or a subject that librarians have gone through and validated that these are trustworthy sources, these mm -hmm. are reliable, you know, they're longstanding, and they're actually good quality. So, you know, oh, it's, a vetted, it's a vetted list of yeah. sources instead of um, Googling or accessing a chat where you don't know how reliable the answers are. This is one where human librarians have gone through and vetted the the sources and so you have you have it's a by subject you have a long we're showing a page with a long list of alphabetically arranged topics almost like a Dewey decimal kind of topics you know photography uh, minority studies children's literature and then you're getting when you click on one you, you expands like a outline you get subtopics and um of me, you know, maybe a couple dozen under each one or a dozen or so. Yes, and they continue to grow. And we continue to add subjects and items underneath them. But yes, once there's a bulk of uh, reliable and, you know, vetted sources, then then there is, uh, we add right. that. Yes, it's, 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 that's a good. Uh, so, so topic. if we, uh, if you randomly pick on, you have physics and astronomy opening, you can do snowflakes or solar eclipses. Yeah. What happens when you click on one of those? it's sort of uh it's like a little essay yes it's it's really like a, a online gu you know, a guide and and so there'll be an introduction to the topic um and it might have some history there and yes. um so it's like an encyclopedia in some ways yes uh, yeah exactly. it's sort of like a, yeah it's like a, like a wikipedia almost yeah yes. how might it differ from a wikipedia page one is that it's been it's been vetted, and so experts have weighed in. And I, I know some people will say Wikipedia is, um, but these are based on uh, things that are vetted very, very strongly. And mm -hmm. we also know the the sources of information. Um, we can point to the sources of information and have either access to it or um, know that it's a sustainable, long lasting resource. So. Um, it, it is this information is less ephemeral than a lot of Wikipedia um, information is. I, I would describe it that way. And um, 
this page lists this as research guides. You mentioned lib guides, but they're calling them research guides. Yeah, here here it is uh, a research guide. Uh, there, but the the kind of the cool term is lib guide okay. uh, to make it sound a little bit uh, more accessible. Um, but it, it, we do have you know books, and this topic, for example, was probably of interest for young readers. So we have a section for young readers as well. Journal articles. If you click on journal articles, uh, what happens there? Um, Talking about the visual one. So there you have another page and it's listing um, some, I guess like a paper or some papers. um, They're discussing, we're looking into snow crystals, snowflakes. There's technical papers that are um, being cited. Yes, uh, a mix here. Definitely technical papers. There's also here from Smithsonian Magazine, Scientific America. Sure. So the the paper and actual the call number. So if you're in a library and you want to hold the physical object, right. but also the title and there's a link. And these are are again vetted as really the top articles for right. snowflakes. And if you click on the Scientific American, um, just as an example about snowflakes, are you taken to the Scientific American site? Ah, okay. They so don't here, actually... yeah. Here I'm going to the catalog, um, and so that you can, um, because we it's just decided... giving you the bibliographic information. It doesn't actually give you the article. Y- yes, but I can. It, it depends on the resource. So Scientific American is a paid. You have to pay for access, right? So um, there are some here that I probably can click um, and actually get to, but. Um, that, you know, because I um, may have access to Scientific America, but if you don't, then you can go to your library with this record, and then either they could give you the physical copy, or you could um, you could also search for the article online um, and see if that will come up. But sometimes, if it's behind a paywall, you could go to your local library and use right. their resources. Yeah, you can also use Twelve Foot to go behind a paywall if you need to. That's a site that we've reviewed in the past. Oh, great. Okay. That um, allows you to, it basically accesses some of the archive okay. versions of it, uh, which aren't as protected. Right. Um, so this is, okay, really another Library of Congress, again, um, free and available to everybody. Um, taking a huge advantage of this resources of all this now digitized material. Um, and as you said, you're probably adding to it every day we're growing exponentially it's amazing the amount of of resources we get and the amount of data that we get um i last time i checked because i have to check all the time because it changes so quickly we we get about 1200 physical items still at the library every day and more of what we're getting every day is data that's being um consumed ingested and you know, sent over. So it is. Uh, it's a lot. We process a lot. Well, thank you. I'm glad you are doing that. And um, what a treat to have access to it from right here in front of my desk. Um, that was a dream that we all had. At least I had <laughs> way back working in the library right. um, to 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 be able to have access to this. Um, in the way we do. So thank you. So, so Natalie, what's, um, do you have a, a passion project or a, a cause or a mission that you 
uh, would like to share with the audience right now? Um, um, right, right now, I've been so, like everybody else, trying to understand AI and machine learning and how is it going to change my world right. and how is it going to change the work that I do. And um, it, it's, it's really wonderful being at the library right now because mm -hmm. I have access to all these resources. So one of the things that we're doing is, you know, thinking about how AI is going to affect us and how do we do it in an ethical, transparent and accountable way that's aligned with our values. Because, you know, when we use machine learning and something's generated, we really see the value of being able to say, where did that come from? How did that, you know, how did they, how did the machine learning produce that? How did it generate that? And one way to do that is to understand what data was trained on what data it may be processing. So that's kind of our obsession. It's the passion and obsession right now is how can we be as transparent and accountable mm -hmm. with these large amounts of data? And I know that's a challenge many are, are trying to take, you know, take on and try to understand, but um, it is, it is a lot to try to keep up with. Okay. It changes so fast um, that it is, um, I feel like I'm riding a bicycle, but I'm, you know, on a super highway. Um, so uh, we're, 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 we have a really interesting, the, what's great about the library is not only the amount of data, we, we manage about 179 petabytes of data, which is a lot, but it's the diversity of the data. So it's not all structured data. It is in so many different formats that have been collected over decades. So we might have audio that Nora, Nora Zeal Hurston collected when she worked for the WPA that's been digitized, but it was digitized, let's say, in the 50s. We, we have that, that audio data, you know, along with the, you know, data that we're receiving um, from musicians that are um, copywriting their, their music. So it's not only the diversity, we have video, audio. PDF, we have image files, we have, um, you know, a, electronic book and newspaper format, mm -hmm. but it's also over the years. So right. the diversity of the data is really interesting. And it's, it's really interesting when it comes to training machine learning models, because uh, a lot of the data that the ones we use have been trained on is really just scouring the internet. Mm -hmm. um, but the data that we have is so unique that it could really train in a new and interesting way. So we're we're kind of obsessed with that right now. Well, great. That's really wonderful. And <laughs> I think it's very appropriately that you are because as you, uh, you know, concede, this is really the future of where we're going, particularly with information. So I'm glad you guys are there at the forefront and not just not just capturing the past and working with the past, but also trying to think about the future, which is really fantastic. So thank you again for your suggestions and introducing us to this world that most people probably don't know, uh, freely available materials. Getting access to it and getting navigating through it has been difficult, but these are some great tools that will help us. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you very much. This year, our Cool Tools blog will be 20 years old which means we've been posting something new every day for 20 years. It's only possible because of the very engaged and knowledgeable readers and listeners like yourself. You've kept this place going, and we are very grateful for you. 
with this idea of 20 years in mind, um, we decided to try an experiment this year. And I'm inviting our guests and listeners to join me on our Cool Tool Show and Tell, which is the program that you're listening to right now. So if you feel you'd make a good guest on this podcast and have four uncommon tools that you'd like to share with us, um, please sign up on our form on the website and we'll see about inviting you. You must be comfortable taking all, talking on a video and um, you need to have some tools that you can show. Um, we record on, as you know, on Zoom. We do a YouTube version, a visual video version of it, as well as an audible version. Fill out the form if you're interested and um, list your four, four cool tools and we'll see if there's a good fit. The applications aren't guaranteed in any way. Um, and we're looking at tools that are new to us and appropriate tools and um, whether the times will work for you. So um, we're really interested in hearing from people all over the world, not just in the U.S., although the tools have to be available online, easily available online. And um, if you are a longtime listener, you kind of know what the definition of our tools are. They're very broad. They can be anything that's handy, from something in the kitchen to something you use to travel to a workshop to something professional that we may not know about. We're really interested in things that we don't know anything about. So um, this is an open invitation. We'll give it a try. If you think you make a good guess for this podcast, um, fill out the form. There'll be a link somewhere on our website. Um, and we look forward to, to chatting with you. Thank you.